0: Thank you so much for joining us here today at Bible Baptist Church Online, and we hope today will be a help to you and a blessing to you, and uh, we're just excited to be able to meet together again. We're meeting out at our property at Highbury, on Highbury Avenue, 320 Highbury. We're having a drive-in service, and we would love to invite you to come um, maybe next week if you're available, and uh, that we start at 11 o'clock out there, and uh, it's a great time. I get to preach from a scaffolding, which is kind of fun. So if you would uh, like to join us, come on out, drive in, and uh, stay safe and uh, away from everybody. And we hope you're doing well. Um, I'm, I'm honestly I'm serious when I say this. I pray for a lot of people all the time. And I know many people are struggling during this time. And so if uh, you need prayer, there's a link in the description. Go ahead and fill that out. And uh, just let us know that you uh, need, need some prayer, you're struggling with something. We would love to be able to pray for you and help you out. And if this is your first time here and you'd like to connect with our church, there's a con- that's the link in the description as well. And uh, we just want to connect with people, help people, pray for people, and uh, do all we can to help you out. And hopefully today will be a, a help to you as well in that area. So please, would you take your Bibles, turn to Colossians chapter 3, and... Um, I have a somewhat of an odd request as well while you're turning there if you would also take out your phone um, or get a calculator out okay so take your phone open up your calculator app or go get a calculator real quick Um, most people will have a calculator right on their phone but uh, I'm I'm gonna get you to use that this morning okay I'm gonna ask you an extremely dangerous question to start and that question is this how many of you would be willing to to give up Tim Hortons? How many of you would be willing to give up Tim Hortons? Now, some people are like, that is the most atrocious thing you could ever ask. Other people are like, you know what, I gave up Tim's a long time ago. But I wanna ask, again, how many of you are willing to give up Tim Hortons? And then, on top of that, I wanted to ask you this question. Is buying Tim Hortons coffee to drink every day A good investment or a bad one? Is buying Tim Hortons coffee to drink every day a good investment or a bad one? I did not ask if you liked it. (laughs) I asked if it was a good investment. I didn't even ask if you loved Tim Hortons coffee. I asked, is it a good investment? I want you to understand this morning that there are certain investments that are good and there are certain investments that are not so good. And guess what? It all depends on where we put them, where we put our investments. I want you to understand this this morning. God has given us a limited amount of resources. God has given us a limited amount of resources. He starts us off with a limited amount of resources and then... We, it's, what are we going to do with them? He gives us certain things and says, here you go, I want you to invest these and invest them wisely, so now what are we going to do with them? There are all kinds of people that think this, if God would just give me more, then I would invest. If God would just give me more, then I would invest. I was one of those people, Um, and maybe I still am, I'm not sure, I'm trying to work through this after this message, so I'll let you know how it goes, but, um, I I used to think, man, if I had more money, then I would invest it. But the reality is all of us have a limited amount of resources. There's a parable of the uh, the talents in Matthew chapter 25 in which uh, one person, the Lord gave uh, five talents, excuse me, another, he gave three, and another, he gave one. We know the story goes like this. The person that had five talents goes out and he makes another five talents. So he's ended up with 10 talents. Then there's the other guy with three talents that goes out and he invests those three talents and he makes again another three talents and so he has six talents. There's this one servant that has the one talent and what does he do with that? Well, the Bible tells us again in Matthew chapter 25 that he goes and buries that talent, puts it in the ground. Because he fears what his Lord will do because he knows he's a a thrifty man and makes uh, money where he has not sowed, and he gives all these excuses. But the reality is that servant had one talent and he could have invested it and made two or even three talents, but he didn't. He buried it. So he was given a limited amount of resources, which is okay, but he didn't do anything with that resource. So here's the deal. You can either invest your resource into the ground, or you can invest them into the kingdom of God. Let me say that again. You can either invest your resource into the ground, or you can invest them into the kingdom of God. The reality is both are investments. One's a good investment. One's a bad investment. In fact, if you remember from last week, our message, Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 to 9. If you go back through, I won't take the time to read that. But basically, Paul is encouraging us, get rid of your bad investments. Get rid of them. You don't want to have anything to do with them. Push them aside. And if you're in the habit of writing things down, I want you to write this down. We cannot make good investments until we have gotten rid of the bad investments. We cannot make good investments until we have gotten rid of the bad investments. And you might ask yourself, why? How is that true? Here it is. Because all of our resources are wrapped up in those bad investments. If I have $1,000, that's all I have. I can't give any more. And I'm going to use that and, and invest it into something. I use all of it. I invest it into one bad investment. If I'm going to invest in something good, I have to pull that $1,000 out of the bad investment so I can put it in the good investment. I have said for years, as I said again, if I had more money, I would invest it. This is the absolute wrong way of never investing in anything. If all I can say is if I had more, I would invest. I will never invest in anything. So you must start somewhere. I asked you before if you would be willing to give up Tim Hortons. So everyone get your calculators out. Here we go. A medium coffee today. Now this could fluctuate, I understand. But a medium coffee today costs $1.85. If you multiply $1.85 by 365, which is every day of the year. So here you go. Let me help you out. 1.85 times... 365. Okay, you take that number that you just got, then you multiply that number by 10. Okay, what do you get? Okay, so here's the deal if you bought one coffee every day for 10 years, you will have spent approximately $6,700. Now, I know it's a little bit over that, but approximately $6,700 of coffee over 10 years. Now, stop, okay? You've just literally buried that in the ground. You, you, you say, oh, there's all kinds of health benefits of coffee. Now, come on, follow me out here. Coffee is not a necessity. It is a luxury, okay? It, we can argue this all day long, but here we go. Now, what happens if instead of putting that money into drinking coffee, you invested it, okay? You invested that same amount of money. Where would you be in 10 years? Now I'm talking about investing it into something good. I, I contacted a, um, a financial advisor this week and I asked him, what's a good percentage, an annual percentage? And he said somewhere in the range of 6.5% to 7%, okay? So if you take that $1.85 a day with compounding annual interest of 6.5%, in 10 years, listen to this, you would have, you would heap just under $9,500. You understand that? In 10 years, you would have almost made $3,000 by investing the same amount of money that you would buy coffee in. So investing instead of drinking. This is how powerful taking something out of a bad investment and putting it into a good investment can be. So instead of drinking away $6,700, you have saved $9,000. Guess what? It's the same resource, $1.85 a day. The same resource invested into something else. Listen, I'm not encouraging you to necessarily invest your Tim Hortons money. But I do want you to begin thinking. This is exactly what Paul is describing to us here in Colossians chapter 3. He's saying, get rid of the bad investment. Get rid of those things that are that are that are hurting your life and start investing in the kingdom of God. Just start. We've been preaching this uh, for uh, this is our 12th lesson. We've been preaching through this, get rid of your bad investments, start investing in the kingdom of God, say no to yourself, start investing in the kingdom of God, say no to yourself, study the scriptures, start investing in the kingdom of God. We've been saying this and over and over and over, and I'm just trying to get you to realize this morning that at some point, you're going to look back on your life and look at all the bad decisions that you've made and all the bad investments. Now, I didn't say that you would, they're morally wrong decisions. I didn't say that. I didn't say that they were wicked, vile, horrible, no good, very bad things. I didn't say that. I'm just saying they're not good investments. Drinking coffee is not a wicked thing. It's not. But guess what? If you take that same amount of money and invest it. Listen, there are all kinds of things that we're doing over here. We're using our time. We're using our resources. We're investing them in a certain way. But listen, put those things off. Put those fleshly things off and begin investing in the kingdom of God. And you will see amazing things happen. Now, this is my question. And we're going to walk through next week as to some, some things that we can start investing in. But this week here's my question just as a precursor the question is this why don't we ever get rid of those bad investments why don't we I mean this is not the first time I've heard of hey put off the old man and put on the new man I've heard this all my life and so why don't we why don't we put off those bad investments and put on the good ones well I believe this, and here's the title of the message this morning, because there's a risk of investment. There's a risk of investment. Most of us don't like risk. Most of us don't care for it. Most of us like to be comfortable and safe. We don't like to stretch out and take a step, uh, uh, take a risk. We don't like to. And so there's a risk in investment. Let's Begin looking in Colossians chapter 3 or we'll read in verse 10. Colossians chapter 3, read with me in verse 10. The Bible says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, city, and bond, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Look at verse 12. Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy, beloved, Vowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye, and above all these things, put on charity. Which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also ye are called in one body. And be thankful. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do, do in word or in deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Let's have a word of prayer. We'll jump into this passage. Father, thank you so much for this day, for all that you do for us. Father, we have so much. We have so much that you've given us. Father, help us to realize how we're investing it help us to realize how we can take that invest, that those resources excuse me and put those things into a good investment investing into the kingdom of god father i pray that if there's one here today that doesn't know you as personal savior that today they would put their whole life into your hands and invest that completely and utterly into the kingdom of god they would know you as personal savior today Father, we pray that you would guide us and direct us through this passage. Help us to learn something today. In Jesus' name, amen. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 10 really begins the whole whole process. To put on the new man. Verse 9 tells us to put off. Verse 10 tells us to put on. But What's the risk here? The risk is simply this. Number one, the risk of change. The risk of change. Whether you like change or not, there is risk involved in change. You often think this, what if what I envisioned in my head is not reality? Okay, I do this with home renovations all the time. I have a very hard time envisioning what a space could look like. My wife, spectacular at it. She can see something and, and pick out colors and do this, that, and the other thing. And in my mind, I'm going, you have got to be kidding me. That's going to look terrible. We finish it all up. It looks amazing. She can envision that. Okay? I'm the type of person that, that hates that risk. I would just l- rather leave it the way it is, continue to keep it looking drab, because I'm comfortable with that. I'm not, I don't want to risk that change. This is my main reason for not changing. What if something goes wrong? What if it was not like it was before, right? Like we all have these questions in all kinds of different areas of our lives. What if, what if, what if this happens and, and now I no longer have that amount of money? What if I, I step out by faith and you know, I, I, I do something that I shouldn't do? Or what if I talk to that person about something that they're doing and it hurts our friendship? Listen, we got all these different things, right? I'm the type of person that enjoys technological change. I enjoy it. Anytime there's a new update, I update. I enjoy technological change. There are a few things that bother me. There are a few things that I am uh, careful of. But I try to change technologically with as little risk as possible. Let me explain. Uh, I got a new computer a couple weeks ago. It took me almost two weeks to transition over to it. Okay? Several things I wanted to do. I wanted to test the new computer out. I wanted to try all kinds of different things. I wanted to make sure it worked in the processes that I was working with. So I installed a few things on it and began to work with it. I didn't want to make the switch until I knew everything would work properly and it would work just right. Okay, so now I've made the switch. I got a new computer. I'm using it. But guess what? Even still, I have not gotten rid of my old computer. I still have it. I still have everything on it. It's still functioning as it was before, just in case. Because I don't want to take any major risks, especially with all the files and everything that I have on my computer. I don't want to risk losing the functionality and all of those different things. So I'm very careful with that. And if, listen, other people are better at risk than, than me. They enjoy change. They enjoy taking that risk. But all of us, to some extent, are hesitant of the risk of change. Look again with me in verse 9 of Colossians chapter 3. The Bible says, lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Put off the old man, verse 10, and have put on the new man, which, watch, 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 is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Hey, we all are scared of change, and Paul is calling us to change from our natural man, our natural old man, guess what, to a supernatural new man. Look at it again, verse 10, and have put on the new man watch, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. In order to change my computer from my old one to my new one, guess what I had to do? I had to copy the image of the old computer and put it on the new one. This is what God is calling us to do. Copy, be renewed in the image of your mind. Listen, start thinking like Christ. Start acting like Christ. Make a copy of Christ and live like him. We think, okay, that's something that happens overnight, right? On a computer, sure, you can do it in a couple hours. But this is not something spiritually that happens overnight. It's not something most of us want to give up too easily. We like what we like, okay? Oh, sure, listen, there are big things, right? Big things. I remember when I, when I first, not when I first got saved, but I remember as a teenager, Certain things while I was in youth conferences and all kinds of different things, I remember God pointing some things out in my life, big things, and I'm like, okay, yeah, that definitely needs to go, right? We, we're okay with giving up some big things, and we would get rid of those things uh, uh, instantly, and guess what? When we get rid of those things, we see instant benefits to our lives, but there are several of those what we would call little things. Little things kind of behind the scenes that we just can't seem to get rid of. We hold on to them because that is how we live our lives. We hold on to them because, let me put it this way, that's who I am. But let me just burst your bubble for a second. If who we are does not match up with who God says we should be, guess what? We need to change. This, I'm going to tell you who I am. I hate, I hate this about myself. Okay? I can get grumpy and angry. And, and I say it funnily, but it's, it's not. Okay, if I get tired or if I get overwhelmed with something, I am not nice to my family. I, I don't like to tell you that, but that's the reality of the situation. Okay? And I could use the excuse to my family, that's just who I am, Beth. You'll have to, have to deal with it. that's not right we all do that to some extent this is just who i am but listen that does not match up with the word of god in my life because i care about me i'm not caring about someone else and pride is 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 in the mix and so i need to get rid of that pride and put on the new man and be gentle be kind be loving Those are the things that I need to do. And so don't give me any more excuses of that's just who I am. Because listen to me, this is what we need to be. This is who we need to be. We need to put off the old man and put on the new man. But listen, we don't like to change. We're comfortable with who we are. We're comfortable with how we live. Oh, sure, we'll get rid of some big things, some egregious things. Things that we think people will tolerate will just be that. Sometimes we think, oh, oh, God is merciful. He'll forgive me for this time and time and time again. And listen, God's mercies are new every morning. We're going to look at that in our small groups tonight. But I want you to understand this. That doesn't mean that that's not a bad investment. Put off and put on the new man for a good investment. Change. Change is the greatest word in all of Christianity. Change is the greatest word in all of Christianity. God is continuing to mold us and shape us and change us into the image of his son. Check Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. There's an old song called, He's still working on me. To make me what I ought to be. It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and the earth, Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. Because he's still working on me. Listen, we, we, we don't like the change necessarily. We don't like God molding us and shaping us. But listen, God wants you to be conformed to the image of his son. He wants you to be just like Jesus Christ. In fact, that's why he saved you. The Bible talks about, in Romans chapter 8 and verse 29, for whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate. To be conformed to the image of his son. So us, we who are saved, have the opportunity to be like Christ. But we are way too busy over here making bad investments. We should be putting that off and making good investments. So how do we overcome this fear of the risk of change? Well, very simply, very simply this, we just need to see the benefit of change. We need to see the benefit of change. I look now at my old computer. I pick it up. It is so heavy. It's like a brick. Now, I mean, I got a touch screen. I got all kinds of wonderful things on this new computer. It's awesome. I love the benefit of change. But let me ask you, what is the benefit of changing from the old man to the new man? Listen to this, Galatians chapter 5, and verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit. Not in the flesh, the Bible doesn't say that, but walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You say, Pastor Yom, know, that, that, that doesn't make, make me feel good at all. Okay, So I'm going to put off the old man, I'm not going to walk in the flesh, and I'm going to walk in the Spirit, and I'm not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, Pastor Yeomans, I enjoy the flesh. I enjoy the things that I'm doing. I enjoy my Tim Hortons coffee. I don't want to invest that $1.85 every day. I enjoy it over here. Let me finish. Further on down that chapter, in Galatians chapter 5, look verse 22 and 23. Talk about this. But the fruit of the Spirit, these are the benefits of the Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness faith, meekness, temperance. And it says this, against such there is no law. Let me ask you this morning, do you want more love? Do you want more love? Do you want more joy in your life? Do you want more peace? Do you want more patience? Do you want more self-control? Do you want to have those things I don't know if there's a person in this world that doesn't want more joy. I don't know if there's a person in this world that doesn't want more peace. But we're too busy over here doing our own thing, living our own lives. When God says, listen, I have something spectacular for you. I have a peace that passes all understanding. I have a joy unspeakable and full of glory over here for you. I have unending love. But you've got to put off that old man and put on the new. You have to change. If you want the benefits, you have to change. If I can be so bold as to say this, the benefits far outweigh the risk. The benefits far outweigh the risk of change. Number one, the risk of change. Number two, brings us to our second risk. And that's the risk of trusting someone else. The risk of trusting someone else when we invest something, we are often putting our trust in the person or thing to which we are investing. If you have an investment advisor, you will have to put your trust in them as well. Okay, if I give my $1,000 to an investment advisor and say, invest this wisely, I'm trusting him. If I'm investing in a company, then I have to put my trust in that company that they're going to make the right decisions with the money that I'm investing in them. Okay? Now again, I believe in you, that we ought to be active investors. We shouldn't just give our money to an investment advisor and say, hey, whatever you want to do with it. No, we should be actively looking into those things and asking questions and being active about it. Okay? There are many people in the world that shudder at the thought of trusting someone else. It just, I don't know, I just can't do it. It just, I I hate the thought of it. There are many people, maybe one of them is you, that shudder at the thought of trusting God. A lot of times we, we say we trust God. Our mouth says one thing, but our actions prove otherwise. There are many times, listen, that we don't change our investment because we don't trust God. We don't trust God that if if we change and start walking in the Spirit, that we will receive love, joy, peace, long-suffering. We don't trust Him. Let's go ahead and look at Colossians chapter 3. Look at verse 17 with me. The Bible says this, And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. So no, not, not trusting in myself, I'm doing all in the name of God. Jump down to verse 23. The Bible says, and whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. So we got to do it heartily as unto the Lord. Look at uh, the end of verse 24. Look, at, it says, for ye serve the Lord Christ. All of this, listen, we must be serving. We must be looking. We must be pointing toward Jesus Christ, not what we want. So we must trust him. Most of us, if we're honest, we want to do our own thing. Most of us, if if we're honest, we want to work things out our own way. I'm that type of person. I don't want to call anybody for help. I, I I don't want to ask somebody for help. Listen, I have no problem helping any of you. None. In fact, I I relish in it. I enjoy it. The reality is I don't want to ask people for help. I want to do things my own way. I want to try my own way. And I want to see where that gets us. I want to try my own thing. I don't want anybody telling me what to do. I want to do it my own way. But listen, this is just a bad investment, doing things on my own. If, If I can put it this way, it's an unknowledgeable investment. Okay, There are all kinds of advice. There's all kinds of wonderful things that I can try. And because it's been tried, true, and tested, it's so important that we think about this. We must trust in God. The best investment in your life is to live the way God intended for you to live. And that is live by trusting Him. The key word in this is faith. Faith. Trusting God. Have putting your faith and trust in God. The Bible says, without faith, it is impossible to please Him. It also Bible also says, without faith, we can do nothing. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. Think about this. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. If I do not put my faith in Christ, if I do not put my faith in God, I cannot do all things. We must have faith. Just as a small amount of faith can yield great and powerful returns. If you think about it, if you put off that one, $1.85, and you put your faith in the system, you put your faith in the, in the uh, compounding interest, you will come away with more money than you started with. Around 6.5% annually. Now that, again, that fluctuates up and down, I understand, but across 10 years, that's, that's what you're going to see. So you have to put your faith in something. Jesus talks about having a, a small amount of faith. Even he puts it this way as a grain of mustard seed, which is so the smallest of all seeds. He says, if you have that kind of faith, you could cast a mountain into the ocean. I hope you know this. Faith can guarantee you a home in heaven for eternity. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. He's given you a resource. He's given you something. Now, will you trust him for it? Jesus Christ came to this earth, died on a cross, had the sin, your sin, placed upon him. All you have to do is trust that. Put your faith in him and you can have an eternal home in heaven with him someday. John chapter 14 verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me, Jesus speaking. There's no way you can get to heaven but through Jesus Christ. So the question is this. I I have a fear. I don't like risking trusting someone else. So how do I trust someone else? How do I put my faith in someone else? Well, very simply, you must look at their proven track record. Look at their proven track record. Jesus said this, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And that's a promise. David said in Psalm chapter 37 and verse 25, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. David lived his whole life. He was young, old, never seen anybody that was righteous forsaken. Man. Powerful. Mark chapter 10, and verse 29 through 30, the Bible says this, And Jesus answered and said, Verily I say unto you, There is no man that have left house, or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my sake and the gospels, the kingdom of God, but he he shall receive an hundredfold. Now in this time, houses, and brethren, and sisters, and mothers, and children, and lands, with persecutions, and in the world to come eternal life listen to me you, you can't get any more clear than that put off this old stuff i will give you a hundredfold more jesus does god has and always will keep his promises let me say that again god has and always will keep his promises listen we have some older people in our church i would challenge you contact them Ask them, Have, has God been true in your life? They will say over and over and over and over and over again, yes. Have there been difficult times? 100% there have been. But God has been true over and over and over again. Take your Bible and start studying it. God is true over and over and over again. Were there times where people were like, what are you doing, God? Absolutely. But when people continued to put their faith and trust in God, listen to me. They were receiving a hundredfold more than what they put in. They invested. Take a look at Hebrews chapter 11. Look at the hall of faith. Look at those people, what they put their trust in God and what they came out with. Powerful. You can trust God to bring a great return on your investment. But this brings up the third and the last point. Not only do we see the risk of change or the risk of trusting in someone else, but number three, we see this, the risk of delayed gratification. The risk of delayed gratification. Listen, there are, the reason we don't give up our daily Tim Hortons is because we enjoy it right now. The reason we don't give up our daily Timmy's is because we enjoy it right now. We don't want to have almost $10,000 in the bank in 10 years because that's 10 years down the road. We don't want to think that far ahead. We want to have our coffee, and we want to have it right now. For lack of a better term, we we don't want to delay our gratification. We don't want to delay our desire. We want it right now. We want instant gratification. The Bible talks about this. Go to Colossians chapter 3. We read the end of verse 24, but I want you to see the beginning of verse 24. What, look at this. The Bible says, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. I want you to focus in on that word shall. We would say it will. You will. By the way, shall and will, guess what? Future. Future tense of a, of a verb. You, you shall receive. It's not you receive. It's you shall receive. It's future so there's going to come a day where you will receive all of us want it right now though all of us want our rewards right now all of us, we're we're like the prodigal son, give me my inheritance right now I want to take it and guess what we do when we do that we go and we spend it in riotous living we do what we want with it. But listen, God is not like that. God wants us to take our step of faith in him first. And then he will give us our rewards. Always. God always works that way. We want to do right and get rewarded right away. We're, honestly, we're like children, if we're honest. Okay? We want to be bribed. Man, if you do right, God's going to give you an instant hundred bucks. Wouldn't that be awesome? Man, I make one right decision, I get an instant hundred bucks. Man, that would be awesome. All of us would do right. The reality is it's delayed gratification. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9, listen to this. This is so key. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, listen, if we faint not. So, listen, if you just keep going, if you just keep delaying your gratification, someday you're going to reap. Listen, the farmers this week all started planting their crops. They buried them in the ground. And you think, oh, that's a waste. What an absolute waste. Guess what? They are delaying their gratification. They could just go to the grocery store, eh, and buy some corn. No, no, no. But they take, and they take thousands and thousands of dollars and and, and tractors and all kinds of things, and they put it all in that field. They delay their gratification in a little while. Guess what? They say knee high by the first of July for corn. You see that corn starting up, that corn bringing up. And guess what? By the end of the fall, they're harvesting that stuff. Man, you will reap. If you faint, not. This is why it's so important to say no to yourself. This is why it's so important to say no for yourself to yourself. If we cannot delay our gratification, listen, if we cannot delay our gratification, we will never invest in the kingdom of God. We must put off and begin putting on. Luke chapter 6. Verse 38, listen to this. Give, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet withal, it shall be measured to you again. Listen, just stop investing over here. And start giving to the kingdom of God. You, we, we say this all the time, and it's cliche. I understand. I've grown up hearing this my whole life, but listen, it's so true. You can't outgive God. Delay your gratification. Put your trust in him and be willing to change. There is no doubt, there's risk that is involved when it comes to investing in the kingdom of God. There's no doubt. There's no doubt there's a risk because we don't know. We, don't, we, we hear stories, but we just don't know. We've never experienced it before. However, I, I, I want to say this. There is no more guaranteed, no greater return than getting rid of the bad investment, the old investment, and investing new in the kingdom of God. God will not go back on his promise. God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He, he has everything under his control. He can give you all kinds. He can give you above what you ask or think. So there's no more guaranteed. And there is no more greater return than investing in the kingdom of God. This morning I just want to ask you, what are you going to do with the investment, with the resources, excuse me, That God has given you. What are you going to do with the resources that God has given you? Are you going to bury them in the ground? Or are you going to invest them into the kingdom of God? I hope you will. I hope you'll invest them. And see the greatest return that you've ever experienced in your life. Guess what? you got to stop this over here. And put it over here. Only you can do that. So I would challenge you. Start today, putting off, getting rid of the old investment, and putting on the new, investing into the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you've done for us. Father, every single one of us has been given something powerful and something special. But so often we squander it. So often we throw it away. So often we dump it. Instead of investing it into what you have so graciously given us that you have so graciously promised us father may you convict our lives today may you point to at least one thing every person that hears this message point to one thing they can put off and put on father we love you we're so thankful that we even have the opportunity to do so It's because of your shed blood that we have that opportunity. And again, Father, if there's one that's listening today that does not know you as personal Savior, then, Father, I pray that today would be the day they understand that they need Jesus Christ. They have to put off their way of getting to heaven and put on your way, trusting in your shed blood for their sins. Father, help us as we look at your word. Help us as we deal with our our problems in our life. Help us. Guide us. Give us the strength to do so. I'm pray all these things in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to give you just a moment, about a minute to make a decision. Write, I challenge you, write that decision down. On such and such a day, I decided that I am going to put off, and you fill in the blank, so that I can invest in the kingdom of God. Write that decision down. I'm going to give you just a minute to do that right now.